0: Hey everybody! Welcome to your unpaid therapist. Hello! Welcome to another episode of your unpaid therapist.
1: I'm not getting paid. <laughs> I didn't even get a donut.
0: Oh, that's I that's sexy though. Is I, like, it? I like it. I'm Valerie Milagros Ortiz. I don't know. I am your host, Ali Kona. She's away. <laughs> Bradford. <laughs> this is your unpaid therapist. Shoo, cha,
1: shoo ba do ba ba.
0: <laughs> get, get it on the floor. Get, get it on the floor. Who hit the floor? James LaRosa did, today's guest. Now, this was the first and only time Val and I decided to use AirPods for our mics. Not such a bueno idea because I have really tiny ears and they kept falling out. So bear with us. My sound gets a little distorted here and there, but James LaRosa sounds amazing and crisp and he does most of the talking, so you're good. Either way, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's get to it. This episode is actually really, really special, because our guest is really solely responsible for this podcast. He just doesn't realize it.: Yes, yes. because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been where I needed to be to meet Ali Kona. So, yeah. it all kind of comes full circle. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's sounds he's amazing. He sings. and um, he, sings. <laughs> he does know. <laughs> And uh, joining us today is the writer creator of Hit the Floor, Mr. James LaRosa. <laughs> Woo! <laughs>
1: um, I I love that. The only thing I know about your podcast is that I whip the thing off and reveal myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so beautiful. <laughs> on i'm a little confused
1: oh was i was i supposed to be shirtless as well I is this like a topless podcast And oh. to hit
0: the floor all the men being
1: <laughs> uh any so... chance i get to take off a layer i'm down <laughs> i'm really hoping that this is like a big gotcha thing where you're like do you remember you said that thing and didn't get canceled 12 <laughs> years ago well we dug it up let's talk okay. about it
0: yes tell us more so really this, um, your unpaid therapist. It was really born just because we all have, you know, our friends and our, our people that we go to and talk about all the things. Um, and there are unpaid therapists. We normally have a therapist, um we don't pay who's <laughs> who's still an unpaid therapist, um, who gives us advice and stuff like that. Um for our listeners, but we were just like, we need to have James. We need to talk to him. Because of you, we are here. And also, you're just, we you have so much, I feel like, I so much life that you've lived since we've all been together. So yes. we want to get into it. But first, how we always start our show is, is it's with an icebreaker called okay. Never Have I Ever. Okay. So we'll Which pick a card at random. All right. Never Have I Ever. And I'll read the card, your pick for you. I'm ready. And then, yeah, you just have to tell us if you have or have not. And if you have, you tell us the story that accompanies it.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: We're going to go first so you can see how
1: we do. Oh, it's fine. Listen, I will bury anybody. I will name names. (laughs) I will burn bridges. Let's do those.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Never have I ever stolen anything. Um. the only thing i can think of is when i was a kid i think my parents told me i stole a cookie monster toothbrush which is like that's so boring especially with your
1: especially with your smile you're like you you literally are <laughs> a crest commercial and you're like i stole a toothbrush
0: that's wild i don't know why I would have done that <laughs> oh my god oh, it's so stupid but i, mean, uh, I, I mean, think i can think, told, think of unnamed children's uh jewelry store when i was younger and stuck some earrings and nicely i know my mom would fall over i'm i unnamed I children's know. why store? unnamed because i'm not trying to get prosecuted okay no no, no i know but like, like is there an example of this, <laughs> this is, is like Claire? this is last
1: week this is last week she's like I know, I an unnamed like, child store chill. i can't mention I they're like, coming from me
0: i don't <laughs> what unnamed child's jewelry store next Claire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean oh, Claire's I... is the way Claire's is set up, it's like begging you to steal from them anyway. <laughs> so your examples are very like hey, I don't know. One time I like I there was like I went through a span where I was just like an absolute shoplifter and <laughs> it. there was it, it, it was it was it was brief but it was wild. Like I was very good when I was younger and then I got to like middle school or even like early high school and I was like, oh you can do this and I wanted to like rebel. So there were like stores in my neighborhood and I would oh, I'd always give myself the five finger discount, whatever. And my, I had friends that we really encouraged each other to really go bigger and better. And at one point uh, there was a store, which I will name McCrory's
0: uh, <laughs> and, and they're not,
1: they don't exist anymore um so it's fine bring your lawyers but it was but her but I had a friend who was a cashier there and they the the manager left and she's like okay come on over and I went over she gave me the Ah. biggest bag and I was like going aisle to aisle like knocking shit in like singing a song (gasps) I left with like comforters I like I I like literally (laughs) robbed the place okay but uh you know like VHS tapes if that gives you I would say that's a time capsule but also it was like a five and dime so like. It could, it, that, could
0: yeah. they yeah. always
1: have VHS. Yeah. Uh, and then, but I actually was cured by uh Disney World because I went to Disney World when I was, it, it's early high oh, school, maybe here. it was oh. in high school. And I went with my friends and when I showed up and I was still kind of doing it. And when I showed up, everything <laughs> was, everything was like super like clean and meticulous and it's a world up. And I was just like, <laughs> It's too like <laughs> friendly and nice. I can't steal something here. And once I and once I left having not stolen anything, I never stole anything ever again in the rest of my life. So while me. Me. Wow.
0: <laughs> that is really funny. I'm just mad that it was a comforter. Like I <laughs> oh got a whole comforter in a bag. Like Well, I- that was
1: that was what I had to do because you know when you work with someone you have to sort of like cut them in and you know she needed a comforter so I was getting like the sheets and the comforter does she need this lamp you know that's
0: almost as bad as the toothbrush (laughs) like not even like cute jeans right oh god that's so (laughs) funny a whole a whole comforter set I mean listen go bigger
1: go bigger go home exactly (laughs) but I was actually uh When you, I mean, let's just expand upon this story. I actually, I actually was, um, uh, like, I actually like stole, stole. Like I, I keep, I'm talking about this on the podcast. This is, but like, like money. So, oh, 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 Um, suddenly it goes dark and you're like, you're a paid therapist. And I'm like, cure (laughs) this, (laughs) motherfucker, cure this. (laughs) But I worked at a dry cleaner where they had a no sale button. And so I figured out that you could get the money, hit no sale, add the change up in your mind, give it to them. Don't call the ticket numbers like out of the system. And you can go home with cash every night. i'm just i've just told people how to steal but you did this
0: is going to be a special (laughs) episode like people are going to have to like do extra stuff to get this kind of content (laughs) (laughs) this
1: is this is behind the paywall this is the patreon which i will steal from you i will take (laughs) but i i actually was uh i was very good at it and there was like god and i was like 15 years old but I was really good at it like I fit because I was like super smart and I went to a super smart high school where they said that you either made the most brilliant scientists or the most brilliant criminals. And when I got to this high school, everyone, like it was like the best kid from every school went to this high school. Wow. So I went from being like, yeah, I'm the best kid at the school. I have the highest grades. And when I went to the next, this, my high school, everybody was that kid. So suddenly I had like way more competition and I was like, I don't like competition. Fuck that. So then I just became a monster. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, and I just like That's geez, it's so out. interesting, but, but just
1: to just to my God, it's like true confessions. I had coffee before this, <laughs> um, but so basically, I was good at it, and there was this really cute at the time. I mean, it was like suburban Boston. He was sort of, I'm sure he was like a bog beast by today's standards, <laughs> but. But I was like, he's so cute. And so I was like, (laughs) kind of doing a, like a little flexing. And I was like, oh, you know, sometimes I like rob this place blind. And so, and he's like, oh, and he was not smart. And he did it once and got caught. And so they were like, finally, they like added up everything. And they're like, you're responsible for all of this. And he's like, what? And I couldn't let him take the fall for everything I had done. So then I had to kind of go, it was me. And then I went through a system. I went through the system where I had to go in front of a judge. I went there multiple times. I was... I was indicted and arraigned in Juvie Corps. No one ever like this is put this this is boom boom oh boom. My
0: God. And, What's
1: this show? Yeah, right. It's good it'll end up somewhere. Um <laughs> yeah. and then the end of the it I won't so say crazy. I won't say how it ends because it ends in a very suspect way. I will say that um I wound up uh needing to keep my record clean for six months so that it didn't go on my record I, had, I couldn't get any trouble okay. for six months uh-huh. and I remember going back to school and people were like hey do you uh, want to go okay. do this or do that I'm like no I can't I have to keep my record clean <laughs> it's not like I was really really working that one
0: that is funny. so
1: never have I ever next question <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay
1: never
0: have I ever faked an orgasm right no
1: I have I actually have which is tricky to do as a man to fake an orgasm but yeah. I have done it it was just going on I so just- long do you know what I'm saying I was oh. like uh, I'm tired right. uh, I get uh, I could see that but I feel like once you fake
0: it I guess in that in that it makes sense because you're just like let's be yeah. done
1: <laughs> let's feel, be done <laughs> I
0: like can we um yeah Whole, that makes sense to me but where i feel like faking it would mess you up it's just like zane they think they did good i'm not trying to let anybody think that they did like that they're on the right track by me you know what i mean and okay so, just,
1: so val so there's a difference between there's a difference between faking it and giving them the, the valerie ortiz thespian extravaganza experience <laughs> you're not sitting there doing like Meg Ryan and when Harry met Sally, and you're giving him like, <laughs> like, you're, 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 you're gonna down.
0: Being like, oh, I'm good.
1: Could you imagine? That was wonderful. I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> <Achoo>. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. You don't, I mean,
1: honestly, you don't have to put everything into it, but Alacona and you, you said you have.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, like there are times where, you know, after a while, like, this is starting to hurt. Like, it's been a long time. Like, like, let's just go ahead and call it a day. Oh.
1: Right. I, okay, well, uh, yeah, I I so, and it's no no knock on the good time, but obviously it needed the good time had to be well, done.
0: So wait, for us as women maybe we need to know how do you as a man think that? Uh
1: I will say it gets too graphic, but I will say it was possible in this situation. <laughs> uh <laughs> the uh yeah, I don't think I could I don't think I could survive explaining exactly how I got away with it, but I got away with it.
0: Okay. Boom. Okay. Well this card <laughs> this next card is for you. And by the oh, way, we will Wait, talk those about- weren't
1: for me? Those are just for you <laughs> and I just jumped in. I just gave no, you no, my full criminal record.
0: By the way, we will talk about the fact that I did notice that ring on your finger, but that's for another topic. Oh, this okay? Yeah.
1: (laughs) It was was the judge. That's how I got out of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Never have I ever sent phones to a network executive to get Uh a job.
1: (laughs) I will say, never have, never have I ever. But I I I don't know that that hasn't happened, an insane amount, <laughs> on 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 my or my child's behalf.
0: Oh, I love it. It's and so you. Good. I have. Oh, have you? That's so wild. <laughs> Somebody on the Zoom call and I orchestrated this thing. Even though he says he didn't help, he did give me an address to a network executive. I love that,
1: it. There, uh, there's a well. There's a difference yeah, yes, between there's co- there's there's colluding and then helping to concoct. I feel like that was your wonderful idea, and I just said, "Listen, I'm if, not crushing your dreams." If you're right, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> That was that was your fake orgasm, Valerie. I'm not crushing I'm your dreams. Your dream. I'm Thank done. <laughs> I love it.
0: That was so
1: good. Oh, wait. Your audio is a little... Was there something that your audio just slightly... Oh, no. Oh, no, it's Better.
0: back. Better. Yeah. Okay, oh, it fell out of my ear. I, I have
1: a oh, I have I small don't. ear holes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to leave that, leave that alone.
0: You
1: <laughs> you
0: know there was a potential season four for james's show and it just seemed appropriate that fans could send thongs to the network to let them know hey we really love this show and here's the proof and you know he got a lot of thongs thongs for hit the floor season four and it worked we got a
1: season hashtag. four, and I will say thongs are easier to mail than like basketballs, uh, or uh-huh. or like uh, uh, dancing shoes. Like it's like a thong will just fit in a little manila envelope, and you get a you that know go so go, good go go about your day.
0: Right, good. fans sent like bucket loads, from what I heard.
1: So. uh yes, and from what I heard as well. <laughs> <laughs> we got another box, James. I was like, well, someone <laughs> can wear them. I'm pretty sure most of them are new. about me- the fans? Like, y'all did, <laughs> <Right.
0: y'all did. laughs> uh well,
1: I, they my uh hit the floor can never ever ever be accused of having passive fans. People are very to this day. Yesterday was our 10-year anniversary of, it of is debuting. So
0: crazy. Yeah. And
1: probably our 14th anniversary of actually filming the pilot. Like I feel like we filmed the pilot and we're just like waiting and that's
0: wild.
1: Yeah. And people are always like, How can we get it back? How do we do this? Blah, blah, blah. And it's there's there's it's it's so much more complicated than people I think can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, let me rephrase that. I think people can understand it, but I think that it's more complicated than people give it credit for Like, I think people think like, oh, you can, you can send a bunch of boxes of something to somebody and they'll be swayed or they'll see some data and go, oh, this was the number one show. I like, the, but rights of things, just what, what uh studios are trying to do with their content versus stuff they don't own versus there's so much stuff that goes into that that it's like it, it gets to be a little heartbreaking a when you kind of agree with people you're like yeah this show could have gone on for right. much longer uh and b when you're like i you can't like explain it to everyone like here's here's all the hoops pun intended that we have <laughs> like that we've gone through to get to this point. And so if anyone would know, like, this is like, we're in like tricky territory, it would be me, but it's hard to like ex- express that. I do think it's actually, well, I hate to say this, but I do think it's possible. Mm. Um, but I think the circumstance has to be correct. None mm. of what you asked me about, by the way. No, talking about <laughs> because It actually is a good transition. It's a, yeah. yeah. It's a good
0: transition, we have a topic today um, and we want- <laughs> talk about pivoting and how mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. because I was saying to Val before we got on all three of us work in an industry where we get hired and fired constantly mm-hmm. and it's like when you Speak do get for yourself.
1: hired yourself yeah
0: it's it's such a, a high and a highlight and then when you lose the job it's so heartbreaking so being successful you have to be able to pivot and so for us i mean we wanted to know like how you pivoted since hit the floor and and even before that though because you know a lot of people were fans of you during all you know all the tennis stuff and and hosting and stuff so it's like how did you go from and and how and also like what made you transition what 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 were those pivotal moments that you were like you know now I'm going to do this or or was there anything like that
1: yeah, well, so I have never done anything as my full time career other than what I do now. Um, so in my case, it, it it has never been pivoting so much as either filling in a a, a, a piece of time with something that mm-hmm. I I am passionate about. Like when I I started my career in ninety nine. I just feel like a moment of silence for that one, but, uh, and you know, it took me like a couple of years to get representation and then I did. And then I was immediately on a show that was like a Dick Wolf, John August show. And everyone was so excited for that. All of like the, my reps and stuff, because it was these two big powerhouse names and it was a show on the WB, which at the time was like someone my age would be great to go yeah. to. The show was just a bonfire. It was just a giant mess box. It was just two people who couldn't see eye to eye on the direction of the show. And uh, and it just went sort of crazy. And it wasn't the big launch that I was like, I thought, oh, after this, I'll be able to jump onto the next thing and the next thing. But as you guys know and have said, there's no... It, there are people who are like, oh, you just like managed to go like from win to win. That's mm-hmm. not common. So oftentimes, you know, it's feast or or famine. So you have, the, in order to be successful, I think it's less about pivoting necessarily and more about accepting the fact that you're not always going to be a winning or b even in the driver's seat. And so mm-hmm. after after that show. I went to a bunch of like, I would do all the generals and meet people on all these shows and I wasn't getting staffed. Um, And for different reasons, you can take it personally and go, Oh, it's because I suck as a writer, but you never know what people are looking for when they hire. So in my case, it could have been um, any number of reasons, either the person was a friend or uh, there was a, there was a particular type of writer they were trying to get someone who is more procedural instead of more, like, sure. uh, that, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so, you know, and then I got into, uh, writing, uh, movies for TV. So I was doing like MTV. So then I became like the TV movie guy, which was never what I was trying to do. I was always trying to do series. Um, and then it kind of went on long enough that I, I don't know how viable I was seen as a series writer, because I just wasn't doing it. And so, and I also was kind of uh, a bitch about what I would write, which sounds, I think it's important to be that way, but it's also, you're giving yourself a tough road because when I would take those generals, um, it was with, it was, it was often with shows that I just wasn't interested in, but you go and you take the general, Mm -hmm. you write, you guys have absolutely auditioned for stuff that you're like, I don't give a fuck if this character lives or dies, but like <laughs> so i remember going and i would say the same thing when i would go to these meetings and i and if i didn't like the show or if i was like oh like you want the job and you want to build an sure. experience but i would be like oh i could totally see the billboard which is such like a dumb thing to say that really is sort of insulting <laughs> if you think about it like, uh, like I, I didn't say like i love this character because or i really want to know more about it. i was just like eh. So, uh, so anyway, I, I I kind of was like, there were shows that I was like, I would kill to write on that show. Like I read the pilot for Desperate Housewives and I was like, I would kill to write on that show. It, it was different from what the series wound up being. It was like darker and like, it was just, anyway, the show was great, but, but I just wasn't on that. I remember Sex and the City. I was like, I would love to be on that. That wasn't going to happen. Um, and so eventually the only thing I was gonna be able to do was my own thing. I kind of felt like unless a magical writing opportunity came along, the show that was going to hire me was the show I was going to create and that wound up being hit the floor. And so, and that was years of like wondrousness. It was a great training ground for me um, and I was very supported there. Um, and then during that time, uh, there was a writer strike. And that's when I did, I kind of pivoted, as you would say, into tennis, because I couldn't write. Um, and I loved tennis. And so I thought I was kind of a star fucker. So I was like, how can I get close to the players? Oh, I, can interview- I can interview them. So then I wound up, I wound up like doing that. So I was like interviewing all my favorite players and like becoming friendly with them. And that was all great. But then once the strike was over, that continued on. But then, uh, and but because of that i wound up getting a book deal with monica sellis to do a to a book with books with monica sellis and i did one and then hit the floor went forward and i had to kind of get out of that one to do hit the floor so uh i was always it's it's i was always wanted to keep busy but i never really mm. like even now it's like the in terms of a pivot you could say i've just been going to europe quite a bit and i've been like getting into like what is, mm-hmm. um, there as far as like what I'm kind of like writing and interested in writing and also in features. So it's just, it's like, it's like, but you have to be a shark. You have to keep swimming or you mm-hmm. die. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs>
0: Dang. Um, I love that. I think it, it's so interesting too. Cause the, well, obviously there's, well, not obviously, um, there's a strike now. Um, and we've been talking about that so much on just, do you reinvent yourself or is it, or is it not a reinvention? It's just different parts of you and different passions that you just kind of just swerve or, you know, just do something different at the time. Um, You were saying that there was different, obviously, because you've been doing so many different things with like makeup and the hosting and the acting and writing. So how has that affected your strategy or I guess like where you thought you would be? Uh, well, first of all, I moved out to L.A. to dance for Britney Spears, Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake. And Thank that you. didn't happen. I danced on Nickelodeon, you guys. But, like, by the way... Like...
1: Professional? That's a, that's, <laughs> that, that's a paycheck?
0: Listen, Nickelodeon used to be this shit. So,
1: And by the way, that's they the all thing. danced on Disney Channel, so...
0: Exactly! Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, like... Yeah, you but know. that was a hard decision to leave dancing. Like, I knew a lot of it was... Um, self-confidence I just didn't have the confidence to think that I was worthy of the job and I think I self-sabotaged a lot and coming to that conclusion and being like maybe this is not my path I know it's not I don't even love it anymore but the fact that I'm acknowledging it's sort of heartbreaking but okay and then I got into hosting and maybe you know this, James or maybe you don't but I was doing hosting. I loved it. And I was like, hey, this is my calling. Like, I have a big mouth, and I don't belong standing behind an artist. I belong in front of the camera. <laughs> you know? And then I saw it hit the floor. Didn't know what it was, but I signed up for it at Afterbus TV, you guys. And I was like, well, it involves dancing. I thought it was a reality show, but it obviously was not. And I was like, oh, it's scripted. Wait. These people can dance and act all in one show. Oh. Okay, I'm going back to acting because I did theater when I was a kid, and the fact that the two were married in a scripted series was so mind blowing to me mm-hmm. that that inspired me to give out in class. And so I went and I signed up at the Meisner Center and I did the two year program and I did all these other classes. But I was like, okay, and I was always interviewing you guys, and, and it just reminded me of how much fun it was. So really, you're indirectly responsible for me going back to what I had wanted to be when I was. I well,
1: I think that's beautiful, number one, and I love to hear it, especially a day after. our, Although, say is Memorial Day, right? So yes. I don't know when this when this drops, but I mean, it was right. ten Memorial. I think that's wonderful, that's so cool. and I think uh, that also really speaks to what Val was saying, as far as like, you know, with if there's a strike, do you reinvent and so on and so forth? I think that if you are passionate about what you're doing, I think it's important to always get better. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to like push yourself and challenge yourself and say, does this, does this character arc land the way I want it to, or whatever it happens to be. And that opportunities can come around because you're not looking into the future going, oh, someday there's going to be a show where dancing and, and, and acting together. Or frankly, you know, there were opportunities that came the guy's way because they were able to play basketball and they like shot up the, the, the list of like, the skills that you need to have to be on the show so really wonderful actors who might have not been in front and center for their parts got to be because of that and the same with the dancers there are some dancers who there were some dancers who like kind of were dancer first actor second and really like showcased insane like really wonderful acting Mm -hmm. ability and then there were some people who were actor first dancer second who showed how like badass they were by, by embracing that part and really trying, 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 and, and really ultimately getting it. And so you never, as far as like pivoting and like changing, I like the fact that like in Alicone, you're, you're a great example of somebody who um, is sort of like follows, you follow your, it to me, it seems like you follow your feelings. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like this is something that I um, want to participate in. And so you do. And I kind of feel like that's a great way to go through uh, to go through life, because you'll always be happy doing it. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed to mm-hmm. if you're more calculated about the things that you're doing, like, okay, well, this is maybe an opportunity, I don't love this, but I know I can do it. maybe or this is where the money is. So I'm gonna,
0: because mm-hmm. there's,
1: I didn't create the expression, but it is a it is a good one, which is if you follow your passion, the money will follow or, <laughs> you know, whatever the well said version of that expression. Is. <laughs> yeah. Because because I would have done hit the floor for free. I mean, yeah. my agents wouldn't have let me. But <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, but I,
0: that makes so much sense.
1: Well, and you eat if you eat and breathe and drink, like it's just you get your energy from it. And yeah. so I know, and I've said, like people keep asking me like I like, what's your next thing? What's your next thing? yeah, where where is it? And the, it's like a two pronged answer where, on the one hand, I've had some things that have come so close you guys like where i was just like a week away from the announcement where it was just like your life is about to change Uh... i like a humongous movie or like a series that had like all these like auspices attached and all and just things don't come together the way you want um so i so i've been writing and working on these projects that are now on pause because of the strike but but the other answer to that is i've said no to a lot of stuff because i know how much it if you're doing it right and doing it well how much it can sort of take over your maybe you're not doing it right or well and you're just myopically focused but uh if i know how much you kind of are invested in what you do Mm -hmm. so if someone if someone says we really love you to take over you know this show or we'd love you to create this thing for this you know uh actress who whatever if it's something that I'm just like, I don't really feel it. I don't think it's for me. And I like, I know it's going to require 24 yeah. seven obsession. And that's, and if it doesn't, you don't have the energy like So I've said no to a bunch of stuff because you, if you're not feeling it, you will be punished later.
0: You know, what's interesting is I've actually been told that I say yes to a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but that's how, for me, I've created opportunities because the stuff I would have never, but I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't know it, who I'll meet.
1: That's an interesting, that's Mm -hmm. an interesting, um, kind of, that's an interesting uh, philosophical kind of like debate conundrum, whatever, because Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree with you that the more you say no to the less you do. And some things lead to other things. Like I wouldn't have done that book with Monica Seles if I hadn't gone into tennis. Um, and, and so, and that creates other opportunities. So saying yes, is also a great thing, but I, I guess it's it's also knowing just...
0: your like how full your plate is too. Because I feel like you've said yes to certain things and like, but and you dive in like you go all in and like you're up to the wee hours of the night, like doing all the things. And sometimes it's like, girl, like say no, just one thing, just you know, <laughs> so you can just one thing you can say no. Um, but depending on how full your plate is and how much of your passion and time you can actually invest into these things I feel like that's when saying no would be beneficial because it's like if you can't give it your all or, or like have that pride when it's done and like I I did that like I'm not I put all of it in or you weren't spread too thin then it makes sense to not say yes so that is interesting on like being in the place in your life where you know what's worth the yes what's worth the no
1: well and also I'm coming from a position that like oh it's so nice I can say no but it's like mm-hmm. I, I not everyone is in that position so being it's kind of like well no that's not what I'm saying <laughs> but what I'm saying is I'm a saver But
0: I love that. that's so good that you have that sense of confidence of like because even if you're not successful I feel like you need to have that in yourself to be like no like I don't know. Like, that's not what I want right now.
1: I think there's confidence that you earn and confidence you have. And I think that the confidence that I have is stuff I've earned. I don't think I was like born like confident, but I think like the more you do things, the more comfortable you get with them. I know I can run yeah. a show. I know I can break a story. I know I can hire the perfect actress to to play a role, Val. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so, but the another thing i was going to say was i think it gets really um easy to blame yourself for the state of your career and mm-hmm. i was listening to a podcast today hot off the presses but it was um uh josh horwitz was interviewing elizabeth olson and she was talking about who i am like fucking obsessed with i love mm-hmm. uh she's like you know scarlet witch in the marvel universe yeah, and is. she was talking about how uh random things and they and he and in the interviewer you know josh knew her and was like yeah I, I don't really hear like what's next for you and she's like I, I have absolutely nothing next because she's like this one project i had fell apart this one thing the actor availability do and now we have the strikes elizabeth olsen who is has been in i want to say eight different marvel projects who gets a ton of cash who has an, an yeah. iconic marvel character and who could pick and choose so is has nothing to do right now and she's happy about it and she'll be fine she'll get her next thing no one's worried about elizabeth olsen but if (laughs) but but if if you if you were her and you were like a completely neurotic person you'd be like oh what did i do wrong and that's not that's not reality
0: right um Mm -hmm. we have to wrap things up soon but i just want to say i love that you said because it connected with me very much how you had said like with hit the floor you had gone through a period of time where you were um, not getting the jobs that you wanted to. And you're like, well, if I'm going to get hired, I'm going to do this thing. And that's sort of my own mentality in terms Mm -hmm. of backtracking to your question and me doing all the things. Like I didn't try to be a writer. You are a writer, James LaRosa. I am an actor who was just not getting auditions, threw a wig on me and everything, just not getting sent out. I don't know what, what it is, but
1: but even like, right there, you just did it. I don't know what it is. It like, it's <laughs> like it's your face. Like it's your face or something.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 it's like, well, nothing's nothing a for myself. You know, and then with that whole like saying yes thing, somebody I was dog sitting for that was a soap opera famous person. I just saw scripts around her house all the time that she was selling, you know? And I was like, well, how do you do that? I got shit, I wrote shit, you know? And she read it and was like, I love it. And, you know, because I emailed you about it. Like, I ended up writing a bunch of movie of the weeks with her, you know? But then I wasn't able to audition for them. And then I was like, well, then why am I this is not my passion. But I've turned around since then, and I've written a couple of features, and I'm working on a pilot. And, again, I don't know why I'm doing it, but I something in me tells me, like, I don't know how else I'm going to get hired. So I'm just going to do the thing myself.
1: The re- Well, yeah. I mean, the difference is I – I'm I literally do nothing else. Like I it's just, just writing and so I right. was just like, Yeah. Um but so but the 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 question what was the question in that? I, I know you said it and the, then I I, I was like- just
0: saying basically like I like that you said that you took it upon yourself to start the initiative to
1: uh, right. Thing. Well, mm-hmm. that, that's, that was almost a necessity. It sounds like a really wonderful, like stand moment where like, well, this is what I have to do. But like, literally it was what I, it was just a necessity because if I'm not getting hired on this stuff, I knew what I like to do. Like I knew I like soapy stuff. I knew I liked uh, like twists. I knew I liked attitude. Mm-hmm. I knew I loved women. <laughs> I knew that I loved, there was, it, there was things that I, you know, just loved and this stuff wasn't coming along like for a while it was all about the procedural and anyone who's doing anything that had like a story with that continued on those shows weren't going and those that's actually we're starting to venture into that area again where it's like networks don't want to buy anything that you can't like swing into in five seconds pick up what it is and then like move on from and just pick up at any point and whatever so it's like which is not like it's it's not the kind of TV that I enjoy watching or, or doing, but I will say that I remember uh, I'll make this brief, but I remember I have a, my first boss, before I was on a series, I was an assistant for a woman named Margaret Overman. She had written for Saturday night live. She wrote true Beverly Hills. Um, And, uh, and I was working for her and uh, oh my god, I literally lost, lost the point of what I was going to say. I was. I worked for Margaret. Hold on. I worked for Margaret. And uh, oh my god, I actually lost the point. It was, I said. I said I'll make this brief, and my brain was like, He's got "Can a you? Moment. <laughs> You're going to have to." Oh no, that's like full ADHD. Um, wait, let me see if I can grab it with enough time. I said I'll make it brief. I'm going to do okay. Thank you. So she asked me, "This is post hit the floor or during hit the floor?" She was then teaching at UCLA, like the after, the after, like the evening classes where people would come into whatever. And so because she had these like great credits, she would have these like amazing people come in and, and like talk to her class. So she was having a panel. So she's like, will you come in and talk to the class? And it was me, Catherine O'Hara. This was before Shit's Creek. Um, and somebody who was a, like another comedy writer who had like won all these Emmys. And like, it's, just we're sitting side by side talking to her students about like how we broke in. And first of all, they were all monster talents who were wildly famous and had all the awards. Um, And uh, is everything okay, Alakona?
0: Yeah, no, I'm like, I think this is gonna cut you off. If it does, we'll have to call you right back.
1: Oh, I see less than a minute. It will cut me off. Should I stop or should I just say, and that was the end, yay. (laughs)
0: Yeah, got so good. Wait, hold, please. We were like, can we upgrade? I don't think we can uh, uh, upgrade. Let's call, we're going to call you back in like two seconds. Okay, good. Because okay. I just want to finish the story. Perfect, perfect. Okay. Okay.